Oh man, now I'm really pissed. I paid four dollars and thirty-two cents, and I didn't have to. Oh no! Fuck me, man. Welcome to the Skiffy and Fanty Show Torture Cinema. I hate this movie so much, you're all bastards. Really? That's what you went with? You could have gone with, do you bleed? You will. You could have done that. If I remembered anything from this movie, other than the fact that it sucked. That's literally the only line (laughs) worth remembering from this movie. There was no line worth remembering, (laughs) None! Not a single one! The red capes are coming! The red capes are coming! Ding, 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 ding. This was a pretty good movie, though. Batfleck. He doesn't even say that. Like, he doesn't even get his moment. (laughs) To say, I am Batfleck? You're right. It's so weird. It's so weird. (laughs) At least I could have brought one ounce of joy to this fucking movie. It could have been that. It could have been just him turned to the camera in the cutscene going, I am Batfleck. You know what, though? I think I would actually prefer if he just went, Batfleck! (laughs) (laughs) Well, in any case, I'm Sean. I'm Jen. And on today's show, we are joined by the very fantastic, very amazing Tanya Ransom, horror writer, brilliant creator, producer, host, sometime narrator of Nightlight Pod. Hi, Tanya. Hi, guys. I'm so happy to be here again, and I get to drink and talk about bad movies with you. It makes me happy. It makes us happy, too. (laughs) The good news is, the last time you were here, we got to make fun of Cleveland. This time, we get to make fun of Gotham. Yes. Yes. Totally different cities. Totally different cities. Not, <laughs> not even close in any way. <laughs> oh, the worst. All right. So today we are going to be talking about, and honestly, I really do hate you all. We are talking about Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, the extended fucking cut people, <laughs> which our Patreon supporters selected because they are monsters. Monsters! But, however, like, I say that, the actual monster in this situation is actually Tanya Ransom, who broke the tie and selected <laughs> this movie. I'm placing all the blame, up, blame on you, Tanya. Like, all of it. Okay, Every single it. ounce of torture. <laughs> Granted, the other option was Cats 2019, so... Which, this is better than that. So, I mean, you can't hate me too much. I mean, it might be... No, 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 Jen. No, no, no. Let me finish. I have let watched five hours of analysis of Cats 2019. Let me tell you, <laughs> everything about that movie is a crime against humanity. That movie's bad on ways that we have not yet understood. <laughs> that may be, but this movie is a crime against everything that I believe in, which is mostly that Zack Snyder is actually Satan himself, and why do we keep letting him make movies? Regardless. This movie came from our banned films list, and it was banned for a very good reason, which is that I fucking hate Zack Snyder. (laughs) (laughs) And I fucking hated Man of Steel, and Batfleck is just a travesty against Batman. I'm just saying. Uh, It's just... No, your list was wrong, Sean. Your list was wrong. <laughs> he is not the fourth best Batman. 
He's the fourth best Batman. Oh, oh. Yeah. Only if there are only four Batman. Yeah, right? He put this above Adam West. That makes me want to, like, leave this call entirely. <laughs> I, I don't... Look, I'm sorry, but I cannot take seriously any of the classic Batman live action stuff. Like every time I watch it, I just I just turn it off and I go, this is even more stupid than the CW. And the CW <laughs> very much owns some of its ridiculousness, but I find the CW pretty you enjoyable. You don't think the original Batman sitcom didn't own its ridiculousness? It does the exact opposite of what this film. This film is like, let's take them seriously. And Christopher Nolan did that. <laughs> and Christopher Nolan was like, but like, also we want it to be fairly grounded and like all this stuff. And then Zack Snyder went, but we can do it more. And that goes too far, <laughs> right? I think Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy is the right amount of seriousness. But in this, he just is like, we have to make it super grim, dark. Like everything's got to be ramped up to 11. We also have to watch the fucking Wayne parents die yet again. Those poor people have been stuck in a time loop. They have been getting murdered over and over and over. When are we going to get the comic book that deals with the fact that every time a comic book reboots, they do another instance of the Wayne parents getting murdered? It's awful. Those poor people, they're trapped. Help yeah, them. And, in, and then in this one, it's it, they did it with like bad physics too so it's like yeah super bad how did that happen how did that necklace end up over that gun nobody right knows. yeah <laughs> nobody knows so i confusing. like how that's the physics you're concerned with and not like all the other physics violations throughout this film no that's the starting physics <laughs> violation and it is quickly followed by the fucking bats carrying the child in the stupidest scene in the history of bats. I love that scene. No, it's I, terrible. The whole opening for this terrible. is actually the only part of this movie that I think is actually any good. And that just falls apart quickly after that. And I just want to note, I knew you were going to do this, Jen. I knew it was coming. That you're going to be like, ah, the bats carried him in the air. This is a universe <laughs> in which a man from another planet who wears yes. a stupid spandex suit manages to get shot not only by a missile from a drone, but also a nuclear bomb, and through the magic of sunlight, still comes back. But it's the thing that bothers you is that a little boy is carried by a bat tornado into the <laughs> sky. And that's too that's too far for you, Chen. Sean, you can't have both. I There's can an and I will. No, 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 no. There's an understanding that one thing exists outside of the rules of, of everything, which is Superman. And on the other hand, you have bats, real life existing bats who apparently don't even carry things. They actually have the magical power to create a vortex yeah. that just lifts things. Well, look, Jen, I don't know if you're up on the scientific literature on this, but there is such such a thing as called a bat-tex, which is a type of vortex caused by bats flying in a circular yeah. motion very quickly. Tanya yeah. actually is very familiar because unlike you, Tanya actually read the scientific papers that I sent her uh, <laughs> that showed that this is in fact very possible. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Don't bring Tanya in. <laughs> I'm just going to take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's, that's a, I think, a good point for us to move on. I will just note that technically this film, like Paul Weimer, is now technically the unbanned because we, have, we are now covering it. So uh, Paul fans will know that reference. And uh, non-Paul fans, uh, you're just going to have to figure it out. Google, it's your friend. So, uh, 
I hope that's on Google somewhere. It's, it's probably on Google somewhere. <laughs> so before we get to actually talking about this film, which we've already violated that rule because we've started technically, we got to get to what we're drinking and then we'll do the summary and then we'll do the review, blah, blah, blah. So uh, before we do that, though, just as a reminder, if you have any opinions about this movie or our conversation about it, skiffingfanny.com slash listener suggestions is the great way to let us know what you think. You can also suggest other things if you want us to cover other stuff. So it's time for the drinkings. And so Jen, what are you drinking? In honor of the unbanned Paul Weimer. Why are you giggling over that? <laughs> I am drinking. <laughs> the notion of honoring Paul in any sense in this podcast of all podcasts. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. It just so happened that I have root beer this evening. Granted, because I would not be able to have this conversation in any sense of enjoyment without alcohol, there is indeed Everclear in my root beer. I feel like you're always drinking Everclear in some kind of soda when I do one of these with you. (laughs) It's like for the last year, the only thing I've had in my house is Everclear, so (laughs) that's all I the interesting thing is that you've now drank as much Everclear as Paul has drank root beer on this show, which suggests to me that we need to be sponsored both by a root beer company and also by an Everclear company. I'll drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tanya, what about you? I am drinking some Crown Salted Caramel with Dr. Pepper. It is that sounds good. excellent. It is excellent. I love Crown Salted Caramel. It only comes out during the holiday season, and so... When it's out, like before Christmas, I'll just like buy a bottle or two. But then after Christmas, I like stock up on it because I won't have any until the next Christmas. So I bought a couple of bottles the other day when liquor stores reopened here in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> as far as what I'm drinking, I happen to be drinking what I'm referring to as a naughty Pim's cup uh, because I have in here Sprite and also Pim's number one which is one way to make a very cheap Pimm's cup. And then I also added a little bit of ouzo and some actual lime juice just to give it a little bit more of a sour kick. And uh, then I filled the whole entire glass very full, realizing that I definitely put more than I necessarily needed in here. So like Jen, I will probably be vaguely coherent at the end of this. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Are we ready? Because I'm going to give the summary. All right. Now for the main event. The Thrilla in Gotham, The Rumble in DC Chicago, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, Extended Cut. Jen, please give us the summary to this great, great match between two superpower beings. Superman and Zod break shit and kill people. Batfleck gets mad and beats up brown people. Superman gets worshipped by brown people. Wonder Woman snoops for some reason. Insert plot hole number 697 here. Lex Luthor is smarter than everyone and steps everyone up to fall hard. Kidnaps Martha Kent and Lois Lane, creates Doomsday, soups and Batfleck fight, pal wham, break things, then get in their fifis for their Martha moms. Fight Doomsday with Wonder Woman who finally shows up. Doomsday dies, soups die, boohoo for America, Lex in prison, Justice League, blah blah. Insert plot hole number 698 here. Honestly, I, none of that made any sense. <laughs> the movie doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Tanya is not wrong. This movie does not make a whole lot of sense. No, it and doesn't. So you can understand both my frustration when I saw the theatrical cut in the theaters and then watched this thinking maybe this would help and no. realizing, no, no, it, do, it does not. 
It does no, not. It and then I thought, oh, maybe if I watch Justice League, that'll make sense. N- no, this movie doesn't <laughs> even make sense in the context of a, the existence of a version of Justice League, which no. we will be getting an extended Snyder cut with like 800 hours of extra content that they spent like $80 million on that we're getting in March. So in like three weeks from when we're recording this, woohoo, yay, good times. Right, fuck that. Yep. <laughs> I'll drink to that! <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, can we get on to our likes and dislikes? Alright, likes and dislikes. That's our, our, our game now. And since Tanya is our guest today. Tanya gets to start with a an actual, legitimate, totally real like. So, Tanya, what is your like? Um, Henry Cavill is hot, so it was great <laughs> when he was shirtless. That was, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> He's not shirtless enough, though. No, not nearly enough. No, no. That, that, that was sad. That was a dislike. Yeah. <laughs> um, along with the list of... Right, right, right. The, rest, the rest of the movie... <laughs> And the fact that he wasn't shirtless more than, like, you know, a minute. That is a totally legitimate like, and I appreciate it. <laughs> Even though, like, I totally did not like Henry Cavill. I, I don't like Henry Cavill as Superman, period. I mean, you're and wrong, but it's fine. I did not find him attractive until The Witcher, though, so, you know. He, he does seem hotter after The Witcher, but I liked him before. I thought he was hot before, so. He is just yummy. Totally is the thing that did it. I don't like I don't like men that are that broad. He's a very broad man. He's just a little bit too wide. But here's the thing. He's also got normal body hair. He does. He does. He's not all waxed to hell. Right. He's not all waxed up like you you couldn't literally use him as a surfboard. Like because the friction (laughs) would cause you to, to fall over. After the beginning, I basically stopped paying attention to this movie as much as possible, so I think I saw his back during the bathtub scene. That's when you see his chest as well. Yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, which I will not talk about further because I know it's one of Sean's most hated scenes in the entire movie. Not not for the 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 chest bit, Tanya. It's mostly like I was <laughs> I was like nails itself. on chalkboard when all that water goes everywhere because he climbs yeah. in the bathtub and it's just like flood the apartment. And I'm like I'm thinking right. the whole time of the poor bastard that lives below them because they don't right? live on the bottom floor. So that no, poor bastard is no. gonna wake up. His couch is soaked in water and Superman yeah. juice. It's just <laughs> awful. Just rude. So fucking disrespectful. Superman juice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just. <laughs> okay 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 i mean i suppose it's better than like lex luther juice oh, or Zod that juice, is disgusting like, in the movie that that's, <laughs> that, that's it was, that was gross that was gross i gotta i gotta say i mean lex luther i think would be, you would not want no you wouldn't want to be involved with him Mm-mm, he's smarmy he's he's kind of grody he, he would be constantly shoving jolly ranchers in your mouth that would be his <laughs> thing yeah and telling is. you the flavor like <laughs> this one's so blue raspberry <laughs> sorry i'm sorry of all the things that you picked that lex luther would be fucking awful for it's he would feed you jolly branchers but he's so gross like he would do it in such a gross way that like that is like legitimately one of the worst things it's it's just, super uncomfortable, right? In your mouth. It, oh, oh god. No. no you can no, stop. No, 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 no. 
that's the moment like you know that Lex Luthor's a bad guy if you know anything about you know the this the DC universe but if you don't yeah. like that him putting that Jolly Rancher in that that dude's mouth like was that's the moment you know this yeah. guy's all bad news there is no good yeah. side to him. no redeeming qualities like no boundaries <laughs> I, I literally missed that spot and that is awful and I'm I'm glad I missed it. So as a like, I think that what's his fuck did a good job playing Lex Luthor. He did do a good yeah. job. I will give him that. I think it's less about how he played it, more about the fact that he did evil genius well. They did do a reasonably good job portraying an evil genius who is manipulating the entire system. Granted, yeah. nobody should have reacted the way that they did to his fucking evil genius because they were like, you know, fucking kids following a candy trail. <laughs> right. That is a problem that a this stranger has, opening is... a van. Kids, look at the candy that I have for you. And then they all jump <laughs> in the van. <laughs> Cherry flavor. Right. <laughs> How did you not see that coming? It's a big white van with no windows. <laughs> right. And they just fucking walk right in. And there's Jesse Eisenberg going, <laughs> It's even worse than that. It also says on, on like, kidnap van. Like, it says on the side. Right, it says. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, and that's... it has a horn at the top that, uh, like, like one of those ice cream <laughs> things. But it's literally a person saying, I'm here to kidnap you. That's that's how obvious this plot <laughs> that's is. How, it, it is yeah. so fucking obvious. But for that fucking obvious plot, like... For the role that Snyder's decided to give Lex Luthor in this, Jesse Eisenberg played that well. Yeah, he did. There's some he subtlety did. to it. The one thing, uh, it's interesting that like I went first to the Jolly Rancher bit because he clearly, as Tanya, you were saying, like he has no sense of boundaries. And it's interesting because the scene with the Kentucky senator who happens to be a Democrat, which, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious to me. Uh, Holly but, Hunt is, yeah, is yeah, Holly brilliant. Hunt. Yeah, but... She does pretty well uh, the role. And he's giving all this talk about his dad and all of these things. And he's starting to do like his, like, the red tapes are coming. And he's tapping his fingers and she touches his hand. And he does this, like, he he's almost like he's about to blow up. Like, his, the idea that someone touched him, like, was a violation uh, and so that I thought was a really interesting little subtle bit that he does. It's clear that like Eisenberg really tried here. He really tried to yeah. like embody a type of character. It right. just happens to exist in a movie where they also made him a genius who isn't actually that smart because he doesn't need to be because the people he's going against aren't smart. <laughs> right. That's the problem. Like, yeah, like his plan was so extra. Like, he so was, like, it was so convoluted, and he's like, I'm going to do all this really big shit, and I'm going to, like, I mean, like, this plan, like, his evil plan was, like, so much, like, so much was happening, and it's like, dude, you, <laughs> you did not have to do any of that. No, <laughs> this is one of the fundamental issues of Snyder doing a Batman movie and a Superman movie, is that while he was, on one hand, trying to do this, grimdark, he was also turning Lex Luthor into one of the most cartoonish, obvious versions of Lex Luthor yeah. that exists. Literally, the Batman animated version, an actual cartoon, is less cartoony than this version of Lex Luthor. Yeah. Yeah, like the only thing that was missing was like a twirling mustache. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. The only thing that was missing. The red capes are coming. The red capes are coming. <laughs> his plan 
<laughs> his great. plan is straight out of a fucking cartoon, right? Yeah. Or no, his plan is straight out of the Adam West Batman. That's what it kind of feels like, yeah. And yet, he's in the middle of this fucking grim dark movie, which is like, do you know those things don't really go well together? I don't know if you know that. Yeah, you probably well, don't know that, Zack Snyder, because you're a terrible director. But whatever. Oh, God, so bad. <laughs> at least Jesse Eisenberg played up to that version of Lex Luthor well. He did. Whereas I can't necessarily say that of anybody else in this movie. Except maybe fucking Amy Adams or whatever her name is. She's barely in this. That's so kind of hard to... Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's I mean, Lawrence to... Fishburne's also barely in this, but in like the six lines that he gets, like you still just like, I want to see more Lawrence Fishburne. Well, it's just, really yeah, but in that case, it's like, oh, Lawrence Fishburne is awesome being Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, he's he's good as Perry. He's pretty pretty good at the at that character. He's he's playing a news editor, and he's just constantly yelling at Kent. Why aren't you giving my dumb football story? What are you doing? Yeah. Which also hilarious that they want us to take seriously that Gotham and Metropolis have important football teams. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot for that notion. <laughs> Oh, great. Are you going to give us your dislike, or was that your dislike? Was it the fact that this- No, we're, we're on likes, Jen. We, we, oh, we just, are? God we just have ignored Why aren't we on dislikes yet? <laughs> this whole conversation started because Tanya basically said that uh, Henry Cavill is yummy, and I agree, Henry Cavill is quite yummy, and it's just offensive that he's not shirtless more often in this movie. You skipped my entire like in the process? We didn't get you. We've, we've yet to move to the second person. This is all based off of Tanya's <laughs> like. No, Pay it attention. isn't. I just gave my like. What's your like? That Jesse Eisenberg played a good version of the Lex Luthor that he was given. I just spoke for 10 fucking minutes about it, Sean. <laughs> I'm just going to submit that like this movie, it was very unclear. Oh my god. <laughs> Do you, so does that mean you want my like now? You need to put your drink down. <laughs> what is your fucking like, Sean? <laughs> uh, okay, so if I had to say that I only got one thing that I like about this movie, you know, there are many things that you can enjoy about this film. You know, it's 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 very pretty. You know, it has one of the most joyful performances that you'll probably ever see in a Batman role. Um, you know, <laughs> Superman is very much Jesus-like throughout this and very much adheres to those Christian principles in ways that are pretty remarkable. Uh, <laughs> but if I were to really, really have to pick just one thing that I quite enjoy about this movie, honestly, it's it's really the the opening sequences even though I'm, I fucking I'm, hate you. <laughs> go die in a fire, Jen. I don't care. I'll get banned from Twitter <laughs> again for that. Uh, no, the reason is that the one thing that I said when we did Man of Steel at the very end was that, you know, I enjoyed Man of Steel. I don't think it's the greatest movie ever made, but I enjoy it. Uh, but my problem with Man of Steel is it does a lot of things at the end of it, but it doesn't deal in any serious way with the consequences of those things. And so I said that if Dawn of Justice, the Batman vs. Superman film, doesn't deal with those in some way, I'm going to be very, very upset because you can't just have a bunch of super people running around basically destroying an entire city and then just pretend like that's not a big damn deal. And this film actually makes a pretty damn big deal of it, right? The, the Senate is talking about it, right? About what the role of Superman is. You actually see Batman and one of the early sequences that we get here is is Bruce Wayne going into Metropolis to one of his buildings trying to save people and we get a sense of his motivation is like he's watching these two super people 
destroy all the city and murder all these people. All these people are dying horrible deaths, getting crushed, and buildings are falling over. And he's pissed off because he is Batman, but he is still just a man. He's just like anybody else, like where they're ants by comparison to these people. I think that this film, while it doesn't do it perfectly, at least tries to take seriously the the problem that super people represents, has some pretty good sequences that actually address it. An argument can be made that it's not good enough, sure, but I appreciate that the film at least tries to address that directly. It tries to address it by having Batfleck beat up a bunch of brown people. That's a different issue. That's a different <laughs> That's a thing I'm sure no. it's going to come up in dislikes. Calm your calm down. <laughs> I feel like, like you're about to say calm your tits. <laughs> Yes, they did try to deal with that. They just, uh, we'll, we'll get to it in my dislikes. The entire just, plot hinges say on that. It. Yes, the entire plot hinges on the fact that Superman killed a bunch of people because he decided that that's what needed to happen to defeat Zod. And as you've said, it's because Zod forced him to it, which I still think is a bullshit fucking excuse, but whatever. They, they ruined Superman in the prior movie, and then they just kept ruining everything in this movie, so... All right, can we are we are we done with our likes so that we can get our dislikes and then like and then like never talk about this movie ever fucking again? All right, we're on to dislikes. And again, since Tanya is our guest, I'm so sorry Tanya, but uh what is your dislike <laughs> for this film? I have to pick just one. I I kind of talked about this earlier, but like the fact that Lex Luthor's evil plan was so convoluted and complicated and just over the top like it just like I was just like re- like I, I could not believe what I was watching honestly I'm like wait he's got like another layer to this like this is so unnecessary like everything I mean everything about this movie was unnecessary this was like a master class and unnecessary bullshit but <laughs> Lex Luthor's plan was the most unnecessary of the bullshit in this movie well okay we should probably actually mention what what Lex Luthor's plot actually is. So I'm giving that task to Tanya. Can you make sense of his convoluted plot? No, for us? I can't make sense of that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he created this like doomsday creature, but like and he kidnaps Martha Kent to try to force Superman and Batman to fight each other and like the entire time he's like plotting ways to make them hate each other and pit them against each other. And, like, get the government to go against Superman and to make Batman feels like he's a big hero trying to contain Superman. Like, he's just, he's manipulating all of these people. But then he also, like, creates this monster to go and kill Superman as well. It's like, he's like, well, you know, I I don't want just one way for Superman to die. I need multiple ways for this dude to die. And, like, it's just so over the top. It's so extra. Did they ever actually give him, like, motivation for any of it? It's power. Not that I could figure out. I mean, yeah, but, like, that's not really motivation. Like, I mean, it, it is for a cartoon villain, but for a movie villain, like, there needs to be some other motivation there. Like, you know, like, Superman, like, bullied him in, you know, fifth grade or something, you know? But, yeah, like, at they, the very least. But, yeah, I don't, if there was motivation, I completely missed it. Now, to be fair... It was very hard to pay attention to this movie the entire time. Like I kept zoning out. Like it just it it was it did not hold my attention. So I had to keep forcing myself to pay attention to it. So I could have completely missed the motivation. I will I will admit to that. But I don't think you did. I don't think you missed it. 
I don't remember anything about it. Because it goes straight into, like, him going, oh, you've met. <laughs> right. What's yeah. a coincidence? It, so there, there is motivation here. The problem is that it's completely undeveloped in this film. And it's yeah. only given to us an, as an implication at the very end. Yeah. It, it's his it's his linkage with Steppenwolf. That's his primary motivation at the end of this film. Yeah, which still like is like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's undeveloped in any significant way. It's not clear why exactly he would be linking up with Steppenwolf at all. Steppenwolf does appear in the extended cut. I don't recall if he appears in the theatrical release. But again, this film does this thing a lot where it just it throws things out that are important for Justice League. But unless you're a comic dork, you're not going to know any what any of that is. And so it's just like random stuff. So when he's at the end saying like, he's coming, he's coming. It's like, well, okay, cool beans. But like that doesn't mean anything. And you've placed it in the context of the main film rather than as a post credit scene where that could be like speculative moments. No, this is this is part of the center of the film is that he's been thinking about this the entire time. When he says the red capes are coming. Right, that's him re- referencing again to the, this potential future. So it's there. It's just you have to dig for it. You have to know what Justice League entails, and you have to know comics. And even that, it doesn't really help that much. Mm-mm. Sorry. All of that is super weak justification for Lex Luthor, especially for how much effort he put into this plan. Like I said, like he had multiple layers to it, like multiple ways. For, you know, at least Superman to die. It's like he had, like, all these fail-safe measures and, like, just, like, all, so many layers. And it's like, he's got to be passionate about something. But, like, like, what was he passionate about other than killing Superman to kill Superman? And, like, in my understanding of Lex Luthor, like, it's just, it's so outside of, like, his general motivations. Which is, yes, I agree, it's power, but... Lex Luthor generally is seeking power by means of controlling money and people and technology and all of those other things. Right. So then why doesn't he hate Batman? Why isn't he like more interested in killing Batman than Superman? That was where like there was a big disconnect for me. It's like, okay, if his motivation is to have power and money, Batman has more power and money than Superman does. So it seems like Batman would be more like his arch nemesis than Superman would be. But he's stuck on killing Superman. But like, why Superman? I mean, other than the fact that he's Lex Luthor and like he's supposed to hate Superman. You know, like that. that's as far as that goes. They, they explain it in the comics. The problem with this film is that they're basically, I think Tanya was leading into this essentially, is that they basically just have Lex Luthor wanting to fight or get rid of Superman on the basis that in the comics he is against he Superman. Wants to get, yes. Exactly. And it's not there's no consideration here of like well what would actually lead to the motivations for why he would be against Superman. And it would be important to say maybe that he could just tell us like no no like Superman represents a threat to the ability to my ability to actually control these systems because he can show up whenever he wants and do whatever he wants and he's not accountable. But the film doesn't want to address those things. No, I, I I see what you're saying. The motivation is not within the movie. Right. Especially for, like, such a convoluted, like, evil plan. Like, this movie was freaking long because his plan was so convoluted. And it's like, and, you know, he's, like, constantly, like, laying groundwork for all of these pieces to his plan. 
But it's like, why does he freaking care so much? Like, I mean, that that's a lot of freaking work for you to just be like, I don't like that guy. <laughs> yeah. They never lead to kind of the idea that in getting rid of Superman, he's also trying to get rid of Batman and hence yeah. Bruce Wayne. Because, like, it never seems to be that he gives a shit about Bruce Wayne. He doesn't, except to use him. He doesn't, except to use him. Which is like, this makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, we can make we can try to make sense of it by taking what's there and, like, using our writerly brains to, like, come up with the... Because, like, so the idea that he, he, he gets Batman and Superman to go after each other, well, like, statistically, Batman loses that fight in most circumstances. Just if we think just in broad power strokes. Yeah. Like, the fact that Batman is technically meant to be much more of a tactical fighter, which kind of this film shows... Um, is maybe a factor in there, but like clearly Lexus thought like Superman most likely is going to win this, but there's a shot that Batman wins. And so he creates Doomsday and he says, Doomsday, I'm going to create this other thing because that thing will be also Kryptonian and it'll be able to fight Superman. But like, then it just gets to the point of like, okay, but then what do you do if Superman dies and you have this other entity, you know, almost nothing about. Right. Right. Cause Doomsday at that point is a complete, nobody knows Doomsday yeah. except comic people. So what do you do at that point? What's the deterrent? Because the, as we learn, right, Luke Lex Luthor doesn't think through this at all, right? He creates this being that basically any energy you input into it, he grows stronger. And so you can't <laughs> nuke Doomsday. He just gets stronger right. every time you nuke him. You, there's nothing so, you can do. You're going to get one of my, one of my mini dislikes, which is the fact that Wonder Woman, it appears that he <laughs> absorbs energy. So let's keep punching him. Right. And I'm like, do you not know that kinetic energy is a type right? of energy? Like, that's do you guys just fucking science. forget this? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? I was like, I just I was like, I'm done. This is this is stupid. I mean, granted, I was done in the beginning of the movie. Right. But whatever. <laughs> there were multiple levels of done with this movie. I mean, Tanya's getting at, I think, a lot of lot of the problem with this film. Which is that on the one hand, right, we have all of these characters with unclear motivations, especially our supposed main villain, right? And then we have a film that at times is like, it's a sleeper. And that's a weird thing to feel in a film that's about superheroes mm -hmm. and people from other planets. Because there are like moments in this when I was rewatching it going, oh my god, like nothing's happening. It is so boring. Like, why, why are we doing this? Like, move on. Let's get past right. this. And then there's the other problem, which is my dislike, and I'm getting it out of the way, Jen, because I know what your dislike is. Um, and that is that this film relies entirely on your knowledge of the comics in order to even work. And this is a huge problem with this film. When I watched it in theaters, I knew the comics, but I could tell immediately going... They're setting up a bunch of stuff, but they're setting it up in a way that does not make any sense at all. And only comic people are going to get the references. Like, there are all these moments when Batman, or Bruce, whichever, uh, has these weird visions about some sort of dystopian future where Superman's bad. And in the, in the uh, extended cut, they have more of those. And then there's, like, the Flash shows up at one point to give him a bunch of, like, cryptic messages because apparently the Flash couldn't just give, like, a fucking straight answer for reasons. Uh, there's all of this going out throughout, and there's lots of references, etc. And there's even a brief moment when Steppenwolf actually shows up in the extended cut. He shows up and takes a bunch of spheres, and then he disappears. If you if you forgot it, Jen, I can see from your face that you probably forgot it. That's because it's, like, literally, like, eight seconds in the film. And, and this film does this all the time. It keeps hinting at all these things and it's trying to do. It's like, you know, leading up to Avengers moment. The problem is that 
all of its references are entirely dependent on you understanding the comics that it's pulling from. And that I find incredibly frustrating, even though I know comics and I like comics and I like comic book movies. To me, when when I need to rely on external material to make sense of what I'm watching, even if it's something like a Star Wars film, that annoys the shit out of me. I should not require external material. The film needs to make sense on its own. And this leads to what I decided to do to get through this, which is my headcanon for making sense of this film, which is I just decided the comics don't matter. I have decided now that if the only way this film makes sense is if you assume that Batman slash Bruce has actually started to lose his mind. Alfred doesn't exist. It's a figment of his imagination. All the visions are him having psychotic breaks throughout the film. And that's his, that's what's causing him to want to fight Superman as he has been so traumatized by this event that happened in Metropolis that he is slowly unraveling. And then it's his mommy issues that save him, which is a whole other problem. But yeah, that's the only way you can make that sense of this film is to assume Batman has lost his mind. Because otherwise, the film makes no sense. Yeah, it, I don't even think it makes much sense, that even if you assume that he's lost his mind. But I think you're leading to one of... <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> right. I think you're leading to one of the biggest problems that I think we all agreed on in the Discord live chat on Friday, which is the fact that everything is unearned. Yeah, so much. this film. Once you get past... Like the, okay, we get it that Superman and Zod fought and a bunch of people died and there was destruction and whatnot. Once you get past that as the motivation for everything that Batman is doing, everything else in this movie is just fundamentally unearned. Yeah, Their feelings are unearned. Our emotional attachment to everything is unearned. Like the complicated plot, like our... Our investment in it is completely unearned. Like, there is nothing earned in this film. They, It, like, fundamentally leaves the viewer out of the entire equation because it's basically a three-hour wank fest for Zack Snyder. And meanwhile, and this isn't even my fucking dislike, and that's... <laughs> okay, so what's your dislike? What is your dislike? Yeah. Yeah, what, what's my dislike, Sean? What do you do? You know what my dislike is? You don't you, like that Batman only goes after brown people in this movie. And... No, that's not even my oh. only fucking dislike. That's not even my biggest fucking dislike. Really? Is it that? My... Is that Superman? Is it the image of Superman being like worshipped by brown Christ people? The whole Christ image of fucking Superman. No, that's not even my biggest fucking problem with this movie. My biggest problem, fucking problem. And Sean, you're gonna be like, but I don't care. I want more movies about this. It's fucking white men not being able to deal with their fucking features. (laughs) This entire movie is predicated on three fucking white men who can't deal with their fucking fifis in adult fashions. And instead, they're just like, I'm gonna fight other people about it. Fucking Superman, instead of just saying, like, begging fucking Batfleck for like saving his mom he's like no you hurt my feelings i'm gonna fight you now okay you're no, like Why? okay that's not Why? accurate that's that not is accurate. accurate no 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 he, no he lands he lands but not in like any sort of non-threatening fashion he fucking like hovers over like a I'm yeah yeah, yeah. that's not the issue Superman i'm taking with your god that, and then he what what my, my what issue is, is with the that you hurt my fifis is not what Batman's pissed with Superman about. 
<laughs> Batman has Fifi problems. I just want to be clear. He has right. many. Okay, <laughs> you're right. Batfleck <laughs> has problems with Superman that are 100% completely earned. Yeah. He lost employees. No, 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 no. It, it's a little bit more horrifying than that. He did just lose... Losing employees implies that, like, some people quit their jobs that day. No, no, no. Like, people, like, died horrible deaths because of a bunch of super-powered turd gerbils flying around in the sky, melting them. That poor guy, Jack. That poor guy, Jack, literally gave yeah, us a prayer Jack, to who... guide on his on his way out. The poor bastard. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Anyway, you're right. You're right. He hates Superman for a fucking reason. Yeah, and he has Fifi's. I just want to be clear. He's got he's got mommy and daddy issues up the wazoo. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, justified. His parents were murdered in front of him. So right. The problem is is that his legitimate with problems with Superman only take you so far, and then the rest of it is my fucking Fifi's white men. <laughs> can't deal with their fucking fifis and i am sick of movie after movie after movie after movie after another fucking movie and yes that was at least 10 after movie and i have to watch white men not being able to deal with their fucking fifis and i'm just i'm done with it i'm especially done with it when it's a bunch of superpower fuck nozzles <laughs> going fifis i'm done okay I hated that aspect, especially when you consider the fact that Batfleck has to beat up a bunch of fucking brown people to express his fifis, while Superman has to get worshipped by a bunch of brown people to deal with his fifis. And then Lex Luthor, at least, you know, seems equal opportunity. <laughs> he doesn't care who he kills. <laughs> doesn't give a shit. You're all the same. <laughs> I mean, I get where you're coming from. I, I guess I'm just not as bothered by that particular aspect, but that's just because I feel like 85% of narrative is just people not dealing with their fifis, regardless of who they are. Right. <laughs> so That's true. And what I'm saying is it shouldn't be the central motivation of a three-hour movie. Because they never actually deal with their fifis in this movie. Nobody go, deals with their fifis. Have you been in America? <laughs> Have you been in this that's, country? That's fundamentally untrue. And there all are also are some really successful narratives and films about people successfully dealing with their feelings. And I would just like one movie doesn't. Uh, obviously, I'm putting high hopes on fucking Zack Snyder because clearly. <laughs> Okay. Wow. This is not something he's capable of. However, I didn't need to see three hours of it and then them fundamentally never dealing with their fucking issues. And instead, they just bond over their mommy fifis. I mean, to be fair, when your mothers are both named Martha, like, I mean, that's <laughs> how you bond, right? But just think, no! Jen, I have the same name as your husband. That's how we became you friends. You do! And that's how much I hate you. <laughs> that's that's how we bonded. We became best friends over our our confusion over names. No, that is literally 100%. not why we became friends. Yeah, that's it just happened to be a coincidence. <laughs> it's not... No, I mean, to be fair, I, I like Jesse Eisenberg in this film, definitely plotted this out, so... Oh, yes. Our... our... You being named Sean and my husband yeah, being yeah, named yeah. Sean? Yeah. That's I've like... been looking for a woman named Jen who is married to a man named Sean who spells his name exactly as I do. <laughs> yeah. I spent 10 years, and I finally found you. Martha. 
Yeah. Martha. Martha, what did you say? What did you say? Martha, why did you say the name? It's his mom's <laughs> why did name. You say her name? <laughs> Look, I get that what Zack Snyder does with that moment is like he tries to foreshadow it at the in the opening sequence and the parents get murdered for the eighteenth time. I gotta be honest, if that's the thing that is yes. this is why again my headcanon makes sense. If you just assume Batman has lost his mind, then at the end when he says, Martha, he's gonna kill Martha, and he goes, and he, he like stops himself. That that's the only way that makes sense. Because otherwise, like you're so determined to kill this man. Yeah, why would why the, the dude muttering the same name as your your mom who died like 57 years ago, why would that be the thing that would stop you Right at this point? Does he not know that other people are right? Martha? Exactly. Is, is that what, <laughs> exactly like, does Batman run around and anytime someone says the word Martha, he just like, oh, 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 oh my God, I can't do it. Can't. Oh, I'm sorry, donate? I'm doing it does... wrong in the voice. It would be, I can't do it. Do you please? <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. better. <laughs> Final thoughts. His next film is The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand. Oh and I think Lord. That, I <laughs> I think that I think that explains everything that we need to know about Zack Snyder. Yeah. Yeah. I oh don't want god. Parts of that. <laughs> Jesus, we gotta get to final thoughts and grades. Wow, Jen, yes. you brought that shit up. I can't express to you how much an Ayn Rand uh film adaptation does not interest me. Like right. Like the second you tell me, like, oh, it's and random. Like, I would rather have a colonoscopy <laughs> in a dirty dungeon. Let's just do. You it. realize like, your listeners are now going to ask you to do an episode on that, right? You're going to no, have to cut that part out. It's not out. science fiction. It's not science oh, fiction. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, we can get away with it, suckers. What up? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we have recorded enough, and I think it is time <laughs> for us to end this shit. By giving our final thoughts and our grades. And so, Tanya, you are our special guest today. So your final thoughts and grades, please. Okay. Uh, Let me start with my grade. I'm going to give this one. I'm going to give it an F. Like, I did not give any movies previous to this, you know, that I've been on this show for. I have not given any of them Fs because they had some sort of redeeming quality to them. This movie's only redeeming quality is that at one point, Henry Cavill was shirtless. And that's not enough for me to give it a D. (laughs) Had he been shirtless for like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, then yes, I could have upgraded the grade on this one. But no, that, that, that wasn't even a good enough redeeming quality to have me upgrade this from an F to a D or a C minus or something. It's just, like I said earlier, it's so extra. Everything about this movie is extra. It's like, what ideas do we have? Let's put them all in here shake it up really hard, and then vomit it up, and then that's how this movie came to be. Don't forget that they vomited it up with dirt and oil so that it was extra gritty. Yes. yes. <laughs> Make it extra dark. Yeah, but I mean, it's just like, like everything about this movie was so convoluted, and it's like, you know, what can we add in here? What can we add in here? It's just, it's literally like they had a whole bunch of people sit in a room, put all of their ideas in a box, and then they said, okay, Let's make a movie with all of these ideas. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So let's have everybody's idea in this movie. And they found a way to string it all together, but it still doesn't work. Like this movie could have been... Did they find a way to string it together though? I mean, with, with, with you know, some gum and... <laughs> and, you know, Superman juice. <laughs> <laughs> Superman juice. <laughs> 
Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> and some Jolly Ranchers. Yes, this movie is held together by gum, Superman juice, and Jolly Ranchers. And <laughs> it's very sad. <laughs> it's very sad. Oh, my God. It could have been so cherry much flavored. Better. <laughs> no, no, they're not the cherry flavored. They're the, the 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 what is it? The grape flavored, the purple ones, the gross oh, jelly yeah, the worst that Nobody one. likes. Yeah, the worst yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's Superman juice after he had like asparagus or something. So or pineapple oh. juice. <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> oh. oh. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, the movie the movie is held together, but it's it's held together by the worst. <laughs> things that you can hold a movie together with it's just it's so extra it's so extra there's so much going on and i just and, and it's boring and all of it's boring like how can you have all of this going on and it still be boring like i feel like that Zack snyder does have talent his talent is that he can string together a bunch of ideas with jolly ranchers that have you know melted in the texas sun superman juice and he still can make it boring. Crusty Superman. Crusty juice, Superman juice. Superman juice encrusted sock. socks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We went there. And that is how bad this one is. <laughs> now you're never going to have me back on this show. <laughs> Anytime. Oh, no. We'll Anytime. have you on. Yeah, no, this is great. Talking about Superman juice crusted socks is what, what definitely seals you as a regular. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. My work here is done. <laughs> that is exactly what torture cinema is about. All right, Jen. All right. Give us your final thoughts and dislike or uh, grade, whatever we're on. Yeah. Whatever. I will fully admit I did not give this movie a chance. I couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah. It's weird, right? <laughs> I know you all expected me to walk into Batman versus Superman with just a fresh mind with no preconceived notions about how terrible Zack Snyder is as a director and how awful that this entire DC franchise has been since the very fucking beginning and that it is a bast not a bastard, it is disrespectful to every single comic book character that it has ever touched. I, I came in with none of those things clouding my judgment at no point have i ever thought you've come to this podcast without extreme bias <laughs> extreme bias <laughs> so extreme people so extreme people i will fully admit to that and yet this movie was worse than all of that <laughs> <laughs> i came in thinking it would be bad like really really bad and somehow it was worse that's talent. Which is, yeah, like, it's kind of impressive that something that I genuinely was like, this is going to suck, just immediately, within the first, like, five minutes of the film, decides to have physics stop working and also kill the Waynes again. The second it decided to kill the Waynes for the ten billionth time in cinema... To the point that my daughter, who has not seen that many Batman movies, was like, did they go with the pearls? And I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. the pearls were there. Because you can't have a fucking death of Martha Wayne without the fucking pearls. But this time, for some reason, she like flipped her head like a fucking dolphin <laughs> so that the pearls swung upwards. 
and then landed <laughs> over. Oh, and then one like falls in her gun. hand as she falls down. It's so dramatic. Yep. So, so dramatic. dramatic. Very artistic. It is the most pretentious of all Superman and Batman. And no, it's the most pretentious of all comic book movies. While also being the worst of all comic book movies. So not only am I giving it an F, I am giving it an F minus. Oh, that's an option? Yeah, that's an option. Okay, I would like to revise my grade. (laughs) Since we like you, we'll allow it. Normally we don't allow revisions of grades, but we will allow this. Thank you, thank you. Bless you. All right, Sean, final thoughts and grade. Look. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you straight up, I don't like this movie. I actually hate this movie, and I don't hate it as much as either of you, and that's because I've seen Justice League, and I hate Justice League even more than I hate this movie, uh, because Justice League is awful. It is absolutely a travesty in, of cinema, but it is also not as bad as Cats 2019, which was the other option that Tanya got to pick from because our Patreon supporters voted and those were the two films that were tied. And I would just say again that Cats 2019, which is a film we may do one day, will actually kill me uh, because I have watched, (laughs) as I said before, five hours of analysis of that film and I consider it to be one of the greatest cinematic crimes against humanity that has ever been made. And yet we watch this film and this film is really bad. (laughs) really really bad i hate this movie i hate what this does to batman i hate what this does to superman uh i don't like this movie at any point i think that it doesn't make any sense and i am really upset that even though i had movie pass when i saw this in theaters i still technically paid for a movie pass membership which means that i paid at least like 37 cents to see this film in theaters and that is unacceptable so i don't like this film and i would also give it a F minus because it uh it's not worth seeing. It's not good. You know, I I'm glad you brought up the movie pass thing because I paid four dollars and thirty two cents with tax to watch this movie. I got HBO Max. So I have HBO Max too. I, it's on HBO Max. I could have. I didn't yes! have. Oh man, now I'm really pissed. I paid four dollars and thirty two cents and I didn't have to. Oh no! Fuck me, man. Oh my God. We will reimburse you because that's just. I mean, you should not have had to pay that. <laughs> All right, well, this is the time when we start to close this out. So I want to say thanks, everybody, for joining us for Torch Cinema today. And obviously, a a big thanks to Tanya, who has been here with us today for this. Uh, Honestly, I think this may be the the worst film you've ever watched, because the last time you were on was Double Dragon, and that was certainly much more enjoyable. it wasn't terrible. And then Gallo Walkers wasn't terrible. You know, I mean, compared to this, they were fucking amazing. (laughs) Uh, so Tanya, thanks again for being on here. And if you wouldn't mind letting folks know where they can find you and your things. Yeah. Okay. So um, you can find me on Twitter at mystifying, M-I-S-S-D-E-F-Y-I-N-G. I'm also on Instagram under that name. You can find Nightlight at nightlightpod.com or on anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, you can find Nightlight on Twitter at nightlightpod as well. Awesome. And then, Tanya, I believe you just released a book. Oh, yeah, I did. I'm so bad. (laughs) I'm so bad at marketing. Yes, my debut novella, Risen, came out in December of 2020. Um, It is about an ER doctor who worships at the altar of science. um, And when she's murdered and discovers that there is an afterlife, 
she kind of freaks out. And before she even gets used to being a ghost, she becomes a zombie, but not like the brains kind of zombie, but zombies of like Haitian lore where someone else is controlling you. So she is on a quest to free herself from control from this conjure man that raised her and to free her soul. And you can buy that on Amazon. Yay! Everybody go buy that. That's it for today, everybody. Thank you again uh, for being here. If you'd like to let us know what you thought about this episode, head on over to skiffyandfanty.com slash listener suggestions. Also follow us at skiffyandfanty on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our newsletter at skiffyandfanty.com slash newsletter. Finally, if you like what we do, please support us at patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty and maybe give us some love by leaving a five-star review on iTunes, even if all you say is backflack. I feel like Sean needs to do backflack thing because that that wasn't it jen i'm sorry <laughs> okay that's better <laughs> I am there we go there we go you both nailed that all right i'm, I'm pleased <laughs> you can end the show now <laughs> yeah, you can find me at loop de loo on twitter and patreon and you can find me at sean duke or patreon.com slash the joy factory and that's all we wrote everybody would you like to make it awkward now sean i always want to make it awkward jen which is why I want to just note that uh, I look really good in spandex. I'm going to have to take your word for it. (laughs) And on that note, awkward ending and scene. If you want to support this show, you can go to patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty or skiffyandfanty.com, our website, where you can get access to all of our fancy things. Our music comes from Holy Mole. You can support him and his work at patreon.com slash holy mole. Thank you for listening.